good hallelujah thank you jesus amen we give god all the praise all the glory and all the honor that he alone deserves amen hallelujah thank you lord we want to go right now into our topic of discussion and that is amen why the bible without a shadow of a doubt is the word of god why the bible without a shadow of a doubt is the word of god amen without any shadow of a doubt father we pray that you just touch all those listening to the sound of my voice that your name will be glorified magnified and exalted save souls encourage those who are truly saved to live for you to serve you and to walk with you and to be steadfast unmovable unmovable in the faith because thy word is truth we pray this lord in jesus and without any error or contradiction in jesus name amen amen praise god hallelujah I want to welcome right now to the International Deliverance Ministries International Deliverance Ministries radio broadcast and podcast. My name is Evangelist Sean Benito, and also International Voice of Deliverance Radio, 24 hours of uncompromising, amen, Christian radio. You can visit us on our website, internationaldeliveranceministries.org. We want to go right now into our topic of discussion. Why the Bible? Why the Holy Bible, although any shadow of a doubt, is the word of God and not the word of man. Why the Holy Bible and only the Bible is the word of Almighty God by the evidence and not the word of man. We're going to go into that right now. Amen. Jesus said it, first of all, I want to go into the scriptures first of all, because they are, amen, this is the final authority. The Bible says this, amen, hallelujah, in John's gospel, chapter 17 and verse 17, the Bible says this, Jesus says, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word, amen, is truth. The word of God is truth, amen. And so Jesus was, of course, it's his word, amen. He's convinced that the Bible, the word of God, was truth. Now, we understand that all he had at that point in time, all we had at that point in time was the Old Testament. But this also applies to the New Testament, amen. We go to, amen, we go into the word of God, hallelujah. And we're going to go right now to... Uh, into 2 Timothy chapter number 3. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. It says in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, the Bible is making these claims about itself. Jesus said that word is truth. Amen. Here it is in in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, writing to the young pastor at Ephesus by the name of Timothy. And he says, and he writes to him and says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. What does that mean? It means that all scripture from Genesis to Revelation is God breathed. That means God breathed into the prophets. Amen. Hallelujah. Into the apostles and gave them the word of God. So in other words, it did not come from man. Even though a man wrote, wrote it, it did not come from them. The fallacy is people say, oh, the Bible was written by man, and therefore, you know, we don't have to trust it. What garbage. What a lie. What a fallacy. While the Bible was written by holy men of God, it did not come from them. 
That's the fallacious argument that they're trying to bring. It did not come from man. It came from God. And we're going to go into the evidence of why it came from God and how we know it came from God in a moment. Stay with me. Amen. We're going to go right now, though, into uh, 2 Peter. Amen. In the Bible. 2 Peter. Amen. And we're going to go down to 2 Peter. Hallelujah. And we go down to 2 Peter chapter number 1. Amen. 2 Peter, the first chapter. And in this first chapter of 2 Peter, we're going to find that the Bible teaches us that all Scripture, amen, of course, as we just read, is given by inspiration of God. But it was given by inspiration of God to holy men of God who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so that's what, that's what we're going to go right now. Since in 2 Peter, amen, chapter number 1, amen, hallelujah, God is so good. So here it is in Second Peter chapter number one in your Bibles. Amen. It says if we go all the way down, I believe it's to verse number 21. And I'm going to get there in a moment. But these pages are so hard to turn. I don't know why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm going to get there. Amen. The Lord is good. So the Lord, the Bible tells us that, I'll just quote it. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, as we just read there in, in First Timothy chapter number three. And in first, and in, and in, then uh, here in Second Peter chapter number one, amen, uh, the Bible tells us that, that holy men of God spake as they were moved, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, amen. So God breathed into them, God moved upon them, amen, and breathed upon them. And the Bible says as a result of them, as a result of the Lord breathing upon them, they were moved by the Spirit of God, and they wrote the Scriptures. So the Bible says that no portion of the Scripture is given by any private interpretation. Amen. It was not given by any private interpretation. We're gonna, I finally got there. Hey, praise God. So Second, Tim, Second Peter chapter number 1, we go down to verse number 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. That means that the scripture did not come by man, by man saying, okay, let me just, just, just bring this about myself and try to, uh, you know, fool people by bringing forth the scriptures to them and making, think, making them think that this is the word of God. And that couldn't happen anyway. But this is, what, this is what the Bible says. For the prophecy came not in verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So therefore, God in the Bible said that they were, they were moved by God. They were not moved by their own spirit or by their own intelligence, but they were moved by the spirit of the living God. And this is what the Bible tells us that, that would happen to them. Amen. And we understand that all, we understand this all throughout the Bible. Jesus says, amen, that word is true. John 17, verse 17, Jesus Christ, the Savior, also says in Matthew's Gospel 4, verse 4, amen, chapter 4, verse 4, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So he goes back and tells us that the word of God, the Bible, is the word of God. Christ, amen, acknowledged this. For so if anybody says, oh, the Bible is not the word of God, amen, they're calling Jesus a liar. Jesus calls it the word of God. Jesus says it's truth. Jesus didn't say it's full of errors and mistakes and contradictions and all this garbage. Amen. That people are trying to say. Now, we're going to go into the evidence of the Bible. Amen. Why the Bible is the word of God. Now, there's, there's some pieces of evidence. Amen. That we want to go through. There is archaeology. There is history. There is, of course, most importantly, Bible prophecy. And then, of course, the eyewitness accounts of the Lord Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The most important of all those, of course, is the two 
of, that, you, that I just mentioned, the latter two, which is Bible prophecy and the eyewitness accounts of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We're going to go into that in a moment. But we want to deal with, first of all, the uh, historical data concerning the Bible. Amen? A lot of people say, oh, the Bible, you know, uh, you know we can't trust the Bible because they, because they were biased. That's a fallacy. Just because someone's biased doesn't mean what, that they're, what, what they're saying is not true. Everybody has a bias. Amen? So that doesn't mean to say that the testimony of somebody who has a bias is not true. It's fallacious. The atheists like to use it as an argument. Oh, because they were biased. What's, what's, so, what's that's so ridiculous? It's nonsensical. That would never hold up in the court, in a, in, in courtroom at all. And so we find here the Bible goes on, the Bible talks about, of course, how his word is true. But we only want to go into the history of, of the scriptures of why the Bible is true, the historical data that is extra biblical, which means, of course, uh, this, these are writings that's not found in the Bible, but support the evidence of scripture and specifically the New Testament. Now, one of these uh, historians is called Josephus, and Josephus wrote, amen, uh, wrote a, a manuscript, amen, um, years and years ago around the first century, amen. He was a Jewish historian in the first century, and he wrote, amen, and uh, he, wrote a, a, he wrote a manuscript, amen, uh, that was called the Testimonium Fla Flavianum. And that was, and in that particular writing of Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, not a Christian, as far as we know, he never, he never, he, he did not come to Christ. Maybe he did later on. I don't know that. We don't know that. But anyway, the bottom line is that he wrote in, in this testimonium, amen, he talks about John the Baptist, the death of John the Baptist. He talks about um, many different things within the testimonium, amen, that point to uh, early Christianity and the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most popular uh, areas of the testimonium is found in book 18, chapter 3, and, and I believe it's verse 3, in which he talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, um, dying on the cross, rising again from the third, on the third day. He also talks concerning um, how uh, Christians, amen, are following him as a result of this. Amen? I'm going to read it. So this is the testimonium uh, of Joseph, Flavius Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, book 18, chapter 3, verse 3, okay? It says this, about the time, about the time, about this time, there, and I quote, about this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man, for he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly. He went over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Christ, and one upon the accusation of the principal men among us, Pilate had condemned him to a cross. Those who had first come to love him did not cease. He appeared to them, sp spending a third day restored to life, for the prophets of God had foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. And the tribe of the Christians, so-called after him, has still to this day not disappeared, unquote. So he talks about this, amen, in his, uh, in his testimonium, amen? And so many scholars would say, oh, well, that, you know, the part that, that he talks about Jesus being the Messiah, we don't believe that to be authentic. By what basis do they not believe that to be authentic? There's nothing. They have no evidence. They just think, oh, because he was Jewish, he didn't, as far as we know, he didn't 
trust Christ as the Messiah. So why would he write that? We don't believe it's authentic. It's fallacious. The, the scholarship is fallacious. Many scholars before all of this uh, critical thinking believed that it was, believed that it was 100% authentic. And even if it isn't, it doesn't matter. It, just, it still shows historically that there is Christians, that Christ died, that he rose again. What's the difference? But, but the reality is I believe that it is authentic because there's, no, there's absolutely no evidence to suggest otherwise. Now, we're going to go on. Amen? We're going to go on to Tacitus, another historian. Now, Tacitus was not a Jewish historian. He's a Roman historian. And this is what he says, amen, concerning in his, in his, uh, his writings are called the, the Annals, amen, called the Annals, and, uh, which was written around 116 A.D., you know, in book 14, chapter 44, okay? He talks about the origins of, uh, the origins of Christianity, the execution of Christ, and so forth in his Annals. I'm going to read it, okay? So in his, uh, the annals, again, as I mentioned the passage, this is what he says, okay? And I quote from Tacitus, the Roman historian, I quote, But all human efforts, all the lavish gifts of the emperor and the, proper, and the, proper, and, and the propitiations of the god did not banish the sinister belief that the conflagration was a result of an order. Consequently, to get rid of the report, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most ex ex exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations called Christians by the populace. Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of our procurators, procurators, Pontius Pilate, and a most mischievous superstition, thus checked for the moment, again broke not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, but even in Rome, where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and became and become popular. Accordingly, an arrest was made of all who pleaded guilty. Then, upon their information, an immense multitude was convicted, not so much of this, of the crime of firing the city as of hatred against mankind, unquote. Now, in this particular passage, Tacitus, okay, in the second, early 2nd century, around 116 A.D., talks about Christians, okay, they're hated, they follow Christ, amen, who, was, who, was, who suffered on the cross, okay, by Pontius Pilate, and so forth. You find all the evidence right here in the uh, annals, of Tacitus, okay? So you find, you find more evidence that is extra biblical pertaining to the Bible and the events of the New Testament in particular. We know that there is also other historians we're not going to get into, uh, talk about, you know, the areas of the Old Testament and so forth. Okay. But the bottom line is this, okay? We find extra biblical evidence. Now, people for centuries were saying, oh, yeah, they may have talked about Pontius Pilate and Josephus, Pontius Pilate in, in, uh, Tacitus and others, but, but, you know, there's no archaeological evidence pertaining to Pontius Pilate. Really? Well, well, guess what? In 1961, they found a stone called the Pilate Stone, all right? And they found it was discovered on the site of Caesarea Maritima, Mer 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 amen, in 1961, okay? And uh, it dates back to around 8026. To 36, amen, the time of Christ, amen, hallelujah. And the Pilate stone, amen, basically says this, 
to the divine Augusti Tiberium. Pontius Pilate, prefect of Judea, has dedicated this. Hallelujah. Dates back to show the Pontius Pilate, amen, an archaeological find, amen, did what, amen, hallelujah, was alive at the time, and the proof was there. But for years, I said, oh, he didn't live. Of course he did. The Bible says that. All we need is the word of God anyway. I'm just showing you, extra, I'm just showing you the evidence backing up the scriptures. The Bible's true anyway. These things don't make the Bible true. The Bible's true already. Amen? Hallelujah. Just like people, all the signs confirm, the, the, the signs uh, shows that the Bible's true. No, it doesn't. The Bible shows that the signs is true. Amen? The Bible's already true. It's the word of God. And when you try to go against the Bible, you always find yourself Amen. Deceived in that fault, in error. Amen. Because it's the word of Almighty God. Amen. That's why the Bible says the foolish things of God are wiser than men. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what the Bible says. It pleased God. Amen. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. It may seem foolish, but God knows what he's doing to save souls. Amen. When you go out there and street preach, when you preach against sin and give people the hope of salvation, it convicts them by the power of the Holy Ghost. It deals with their conscience and draws them to Christ that they're going to hell, that they need salvation through the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we go through archaeological evidence, amen, concerning the Bible, amen, concerning the Bible. We just touch on the Pilate Stone, amen. There is the Pool of Salem, Salome, rather, amen, where Christ healed the blind man. They, the, the, another archaeological finding. We can go on and on about so many archaeological findings. We, we don't have to go there. Amen. We have the, just even now, the second temple, we have the Wailing Wall and all these different kinds of things in Jerusalem. We can, con we can go over and over the, the archaeological evidence. There's no need for that. I don't believe. We want to go right now into the topic of the Bible prophecy, biblical prophecy concerning why the Bible is true, how it is true, how it has come to pass to the exact detail. Amen. We're not going to go to all the prophecies. We'll be here for probably for, I don't, <laughs> for a long time. Amen. We're not going to go through all that, but we want to touch on a few of them. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible is so specific and so amazing. How can you even be an atheist? Think about it. When the Bible calls amen, Abraham, think about it. Just think about this, the Jew, before we get into some more proper prophecies, the Jew. How did they even come to, come to being? We have Jewish people today, right? Absolutely. God called Abraham from the Ur of the Chaldees, from Mesopotamia, amen, and he called him to be a people unto himself, the Jew. Think about it. They, don't, they would not even exist if there was no God of Israel. No, well, you have a preacher. There's other people that worship many gods. And you're not understanding what I'm saying. Amen. There would be no people of it. There would be no Jewish nation. The people of the Hebrews, there'd be no Jewish people if there was no God of Israel. The God of Israel actually called these people unto himself. Now, hear this. God said that he would do this. He would call Abraham to himself for because from thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And from the seed of Christ, that's referring to Jesus Christ. Now, you go look at Abraham. The Bible gives genealogical evidence from Adam to Abraham, from Abraham to Christ. Amen. We're not going to go into all of that either. But we want to go into Bible prophecy. 
One man said, amen, just looking at the Jews alone. He said, look at the Jew, look at the Jew. There's never been a people that have lost their homeland for more than 300 years that have kept their language, their religion, and their culture intact like the Jew. Where's the Hittite? Where's the Jebusite? They don't exist anymore, but the Jew exists to this very day. And God said he'll call them back to the land of Israel. That's what he did, and that's what he's doing. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. But we want to go into all the the, the biblical prophecies concerning amen how the bible is the word of god amen first we want to go amen into the book of deuteronomy into the book of deuteronomy and we want to go right now to deuteronomy chapter number 18 amen if you're following let me praise god follow me in your bible if you have it there amen deuteronomy the 18th chapter and the bible says amen this hallelujah we're going to go down to verse number um, nine eighteen, I will raise up. Um, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whoso will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak. Or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Verse 21. And if, and if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? Verse 22. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Amen. Thou shalt not be afraid of him, the Bible says. Amen. So how do we know when God speaks, the thing will come to pass, the Bible says. That which God speaks, it will come to pass to the exact detail. Amen. Hallelujah. 100%. And so, how do we, so this is how we know the Bible to be true, ultimately, is by the Bible prophecies coming to pass to the exact detail. Amen. To the exact detail. Now, this prophecy is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That prophet that shall come. Amen. Being fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we are going to go, amen, to a specific prophecy concerning the Messiah. Amen. We can go to many of them. We'll just touch on a few of them right now. We're going to touch on, for example, we're going to touch on Micah 5 2. Amen. Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2. And this is, talking of, this is talking about the birth of Christ, amen, being born in the city, hallelujah, of where? Bethlehem, hallelujah, amen. We're coming up to the Christmas time, and we're going to go into some of these biblical prophecies. This was a prophecy that was made by God, amen, through the prophet Micah. And so this is not some kind of thing that was made up by, by so you, you can't make up, like, you cannot make up where you're born, huh? You know, people are trying to change their bodies, amen. Uh, men are trying to be like women. Women are trying to be like men, even though you can't do that, amen. Your sex is determined at birth, amen, at the time of conception, according to the scriptures, amen. And, by, and of course, science, amen, of the, Bi the Bible proves that the science, the science, Bible proves, of course, that the science is true, but science also shows the, the, what the Bible says is right. Of course, the Bible can't be wrong. But the reality is, is that your birth is, your birth, at the time of birth, you're, you are either male or female. Amen? That's when you, you're, you're, you're conceived at the time of conception. Amen? And so people, you cannot, listen, you cannot fake where you're going to be born. You cannot fake your lineage. <laughs> you have no control over those things. Amen? 
Hallelujah. But God has control of all things. And the prophet says, amen, in Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2, that the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, must be born in the city of Bethlehem. The Bible says here, but thou, but thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And if you go to Matthew's gospel, chapter number 2, amen, it tells us clearly that the Messiah, that the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, was born in the city where, hallelujah, praise God, of Bethlehem, amen. And, that's, and, and the prophets knew this, the, the scholars knew this, amen, as they were trying to find out where the Messiah was to be born. Herod wanted to find out, and the, in the, the scholars told him that it was to, the Messiah was to be born in the city of Bethlehem. We're going to go to that right now. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 2. It says this, Now when Jesus was born in where? Bethlehem, hallelujah, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Okay? Amen. They, they, so they came to Herod, for we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. Of course, Herod asked his scholars, Where was the, where was the Christ to be born? Amen. And they said in verse 5, and they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And they quote, of course, Micah 5, 2. Now we can go into other Bible prophecies, amen, that he was born of the lineage of King David, of the tribe of Judah, and so forth. All those prophecies came to pass in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. We're not going to go into every single prophecy, amen. I'm just touching on these things right now. But if you go now, but you go to the mathematical prob probability of these prophecies being fulfilled, amen? We're going to go into that right now, the mathematical probability of these prophecies being fulfilled. A man by the name of Peter Stoner, um, he was a department of mathematics at, uh, and, uh, and astronomy at pa Pasadena City College. And uh, this, is what, this is what he found, amen, when he just took eight messianic prophecies. Just eight of those messianic prophecies. I just mentioned a couple of them. But the eight messianic prophecies of Christ being born in Bethlehem, of the, of the lineage of King David, the tribe of Judah, amen, of him dying on the cross, of him rising from the dead, and so forth. Thou will not leave thy holy one to see corruption, and so forth. Amen. Just take eight of those prophecies, amen, being born of a virgin, and so forth. Being, just eight of those prophecies. This is, this is what, do we, how, <laughs> what, what is a mathematical probability that one man could feel just eight of those prophecies. You know what the mathematical probability would be? One in 10 to the 17th power. What does that mean? <laughs> it means the mathematical probability of somebody just fulfilling just eight of the biblical prophecies pertaining to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the mathematical probability is, is, is 10 to the 17th power. Okay, what is 10 to the 17th power? Well, you have 1,000, 100,000. Then you, after 1,000, you have a million. After a million, you have a billion. After a billion, you have a trillion, right? What comes after a trillion? <laughs> a quadrillion, right? The mathematical probability of one person fulfilling just eight of the biblical prophetic utterances pertaining to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, is one to a hundred quadrillion. Hallelujah. Just one 
hallelujah, to a hundred quadrillion. If you just take eight of those prophecies and you tell me that the Bible's not true, what a lie. The Bible is 100% true, my friend. Hallelujah, sir. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. We can trust it. We can rest assured upon it. I'm not, go I'm not even going into an exhaustive, an exhaustive detail in backing up the scriptures. I'm just giving you, amen, a preliminary outline of why the Bible is true. And that alone is suffice. Amen. One in a hundred quadrillion. Hallelujah. Not a trillion, quadrillion. That comes after a trillion. Was there even a, a, a was there has there even been a uh, hundred billion billion people on the earth that have ever lived? I don't I don't believe there has been. I don't know. But if there has been, there's not much more there has not been much more people than a hundred billion. Certainly didn't reach a trillion. Hmm? So what does it say? Just to fulfill either of those prophecies, it, was, it is a mathematical impossibility for anybody to fulfill them other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when you look at the prophetic utterance coming from Daniel chapter number 9. Amen. Hallelujah. Talking about the Messiah. Amen. Daniel chapter number 9 and the Bible goes on talking about the 70 weeks that are determined unto the people of God. This prophetic utterance. Amen. The 70 weeks are 77s. Means every week is, a se is 7 years. Hallelujah. It can only un be understood and all that. We're not going to go into all the details of that. But this prophetic utterance talks about the Messiah. Amen. Hallelujah. And that 70, if you go to Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Hallelujah. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah and the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks, the streets shall be built again, and the wall in troublous times. The Bible says, and after three years, three after three score and two weeks, shall the Messiah be cut off. Hallelujah! But not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and and, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Now listen to this. The Bible says that the, from the going forth of the commandment, from the time that Nehemiah, amen, hallelujah, got the authority from King Artaxas, amen, from the time he got the authority from the king, hallelujah, to go and build Jerusalem, which is around, which was at 445 B.C. The Bible says there'll be seven weeks and three score and two weeks, a total of what? A total of 69 weeks, which, which equals, if you go and understand, the prophecy is seven years or seven sevens. Hallelujah. So you go and understand that 70, 69 weeks, amen, times seven equals a 483 years going right to the time of the Lord Jesus Christ about to die on the cross. Hallelujah. To the exact detail. Don't tell me the Bible's not true. What a lie. Don't you dare. If you say, oh, I don't know if the Bible's not true because I was talking to this atheist. What does the atheist know? The Bible calls the atheist a fool. A fool. Atheism is the biggest, the biggest. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It is the biggest fallacy you could never think of. It's like if a Cadillac could speak and the Cadillac says, oh, there is no, there is no GM. There's no General Motors. There is no General Motors. <laughs> Nobody made me, you know? 
we would just die laughing. So that's totally absurd and ridiculous. How can you say that no one made, a, made you? you? You're a car. Someone made you. Obviously, the car maker made you, right? The same thing, amen, with the, with the person saying there's no God. You have a circulatory system. You have eyes. You have a respiratory system. You have DNA. We can go on and on and talk about your nails and all these kind of things you have, your hair and all, whatever. Where did that come from? Nothing? Random chance? If there's something made, there must be a maker. If there's something created, there must be a creator. If there's design, there must be a designer. And that creator, that designer, and that maker is God, the God of the Holy Bible. Amen. So when you understand that, amen, atheism is a lie. Amen. How do you know there's no God? Or they always say to me, oh, how do you know that there is a God? <laughs> Creation, maybe? That shows you that there's a God. <laughs> because from nothing comes nothing. If there's something, there's somebody that had to make that something. Hallelujah. Amen. And they say, oh, well, you know, you, you know, you, 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 we're the free thinker. You're really the free thinker? How can that be? But some, you know, if somebody made a building, and I told you nobody made that building, you'd say you, you lost your mind. Well, isn't it more ridiculous and more ludicrous to say no one made the world and the trees, the birds, the people, amen, the, the fish, amen, and nobody made all of that and nothing, the, the microscopic beings? Nobody made it? you got to be kidding me. The fool that's sitting in his heart, there is no God. You don't even have to speak it. You're a fool even if you think it. Hallelujah. But you don't have to be a fool Amen anymore. You can come to the true and living God and believe the Bible to be the word of God. Eight prophecies, amen, pertaining to the Lord Jesus Christ. One in a hundred quadrillion. Amen. That he died on that cross. This, this prophetic utterance from Daniel chapter 9 and verses number 24 to verse number 26. Amen. Talking about the Messiah must be cut off. To the exact detail from when Christ came. Amen. The Messiah must be cut up, but not for himself. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes. We are healed. All those prophecies coming to pass in the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. He said, and, and, we, and where was this finished? The Bible says he came to make an end of sins, right? To finish the transgression. When did he finish the transgression? The Messiah. A man who was born of Bethlehem, of the lineage of King David, of the tribe of Judah. When did he come to do this? Let's turn to John's gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. John's gospel. Amen. And we go to verse number, amen, 30. The Bible says, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghosts. Hmm. Hallelujah. The Bible says he come to finish the transgression. That's what he did. He fulfilled it. Hallelujah. To the exact detail, amen, to the exact specification. The Bible says, Thou will not see, amen, thy holy one to see corruption. All right? In the book of Psalms, that was fulfilled in Christ. Amen? After his resurrection, he didn't, his body didn't see corruption. He was buried three days and rose again, amen, from the dead. Praise God. And how do we know that his resurrection is real? How do we know that? Well, of course, we, we have it in the Bible, the eyewitness accounts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number, um, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, for example, amen, the Bible tells us this, gives evidence of the eyewitness accounts. We're going to read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, amen, says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, all which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye believe in vain. This 
speaks right against the idea of once saved, always saved. Yes, our salvation is eternally secure so long as we remain in Christ. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. You walk after the flesh, there is corruption, there is damnation. Oh, once saved, always saved. That's not found in the Bible at all. The assurance of salvation is there. So long as we walk in the spirit, but if we walk after the flesh, ye shall of the flesh reap only one thing, corruption. And that's what was written to the church by the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Also to 1 Corinthians, the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 10, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the good news is that, hey, man, praise God, but such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God, we, our sins can be forgiven, we can be saved, we can walk in holiness, amen, by the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, when we yield to the Lord and serve the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and walk by faith in him alone. Now, amen, the Bible says here, amen. Verse 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. We know that the Scriptures already taught that. Amen. The New Testament teaches us this, the Old Testament. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and so forth. Amen. He came to make an end of sins. Amen. To finish the transgressions. We just read that in Daniel and so forth. Amen. The Bible says he was, that, that he died, uh, died for our sins according to the scriptures, verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus says that he would rise again on the third day according to the scriptures. Amen. That's what he said. Hallelujah. As what? Jonah was three days and three nights in the, in the heart of the belly of the whale. So must the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That came to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't go to hell. He went to the place of Abraham's bosom. And he rose up from the dead. Amen. And here's the evidence of the resurrection. Amen. The, he's, they're stating facts here. According to the scripture, they saw him die. Amen. We, we, just, we just verified even some of the extra biblical sources of Josephus and Tassus. There's also many more. Plenty of the younger I didn't mention and others. But the reality is we have it right here. We don't even need those guys. We have it right here in the Bible. Amen. Here's the evidence. Hallelujah. And that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. Cephas is Peter, the apostle. He was seen of Cephas. Glory to God. And who was seen of Cephas? The Lord Jesus Christ. Cephas, Peter saw the resurrected Savior. He didn't believe the women at first. He went to go to the tomb, didn't see nobody in the tomb. Amen. What was the tomb all about? There was a 24-hour watch to, to, to be there at the tomb. Hmm? 24-hour security. There was a 2,000-pound stone over, over the sepulcher. Hallelujah. There was a Roman seal of rope around, amen, the, 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 the edge of the sepulcher with a Roman wax over it to seal it up. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Then on the third day, glory to God, the stone was rolled away. The angels came down, hallelujah, and said, why do you seek, why seek ye the living among the dead? Glory to God. He is risen. Who? The Lord Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. These are not fairy tales. I remember going to Bible school, amen, there was a man, an older gentleman that, that went to Bible school while I was going there, went and attended a few classes, wasn't a full-time student, but I saw, he said, uh, Women, I was talking, and I, and I realized a man was not even saved, going to Bible school, not even saved. And he said he did not even believe in the resurrection. My, my, my. Don't believe in it, you're not saved. 
You don't know Christ because if Christ did not rise from the dead, the Bible says we are yet in our sins, but we are not in our sins and we repented and trusted my faith because he is no longer in the grave. He rose up from the dead. Now, here is the evidence. I just mentioned Cephas, amen, which is Peter. Remember the women saw Mary Magdalene, the other, the other women saw him resurrected from the dead. We know the two that walked on the road to Emmaus saw him resurrect from the dead. Now, the Bible goes here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, amen, and verse 5, that he was seen of Cephas. Then of the 12, praise God. Amen? He was seen of them, resurrected from the dead. Hallelujah. All the apostles, amen. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. At once. 500 brethren saw his resurrection at once. You got 500 people that would testify that they saw the resurrected Christ. Hmm. Then you also have in, in, you have in John's gospel, you have in John's gospel, uh, the, the apostle Thomas, which said that he, didn't, he would not even believe the testimony of the apostles that saw his resurrection. He wouldn't believe it. Mm -mm. We have it here recorded in St. John's gospel, chapter number 20. Amen. In chapter number 20, and we go to verse number 24. But when Thomas one of the 12 called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. All, all the testimony of the apostles, they said, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. He says, I won't believe it until I see him personally myself. And not just if I see him. I got to put my finger in his nails. Amen. In the print of the nails. Amen. In the print of the nails. And I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. More than one nail. That just shows he didn't die on a stake. He died on a cross. Amen. The Jehovah's Witnesses are teaching lies saying he died on a stake. No, he died on the cross. Why? The Bible says right here, the print of the nails. Two, not just one. But two, hallelujah, the print of the nails. He died on the cross. And so here it is now. The Bible says this, amen. Amen. Except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger in the, into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Amen. And after eight days, the Bible says in verse 26 of St. John's Gospel, chapter number 20. And after eight days... Again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Verse 27, then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. Amen. Praise God. And behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Of course, God, Christ is all-knowing. He's God. Amen. And here's what Thomas said to confirm that. Verse 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, my God, my Lord, and my God, my Lord, and my God. He is not, amen, some creative being, amen. He's not a God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, amen, somebody. He's God of very God, light of very light. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, amen. He is not the Father, the Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the, the, the Holy Ghost, neither the Father or the Son of the Holy Ghost, but there's one God and three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And the Word became flesh, amen. Hallelujah and dwelt among us. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what you've got to understand is that Jesus Christ is the answer 
answer. He is God in flesh. He's the risen Savior. Amen. Uh, who thought not robbery to be equal with God because he is God. Amen, somebody. And that's what Thomas said here. My Lord and my God. Amen. And Jesus said unto him. Jesus said unto him in verse 29. Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Mm. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the prison of, of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believe that ye might have life through his name. He's risen from the dead. The evidence is there. There was a man by the name, I'm going to close with this. There's a man by the name, amen, of Simon Greenleaf, amen, one of the founders of the Harvard School of Law, Simon Greenleaf. He went out, amen, and he looked at the evidence concerning the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he concluded, amen, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ, look at all the credibility, the eyewitness accounts, amen, the number of them. He concluded that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most foundational proofs of history. He rose up from the dead. The evidence is there, my friend. Don't be deceived by the lies of the devil, that the Bible has errors, that the Bible is full of contradictions, that the Bible is full of contradictions and full of errors and full of mistakes and all these lies from the pit of hell. Believe what the Bible says. Believe the word of God. It's 100% true, though any error or contradiction and any apparent error or apparent contradiction rather amen will always be reconciled when you look at the word of God and understand it we're not going to go into all the apparent contradictions one of these days God willing we can we can go through that and show you how those so-called so-called contra alleged contradictions are not contradictions at all and how the Bible perfectly harmonizes amen with itself 100% because it comes from the same source. It is the word of God. Jesus Christ has rose from the dead. My friend, believe the word of God. is. It is not a work of man. It is the word of God. And therefore, you need to listen to its teachings and understand it. Amen. And take heed to it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because judgment is coming. Jesus is coming. The hour is late. The time for you to get saved. If you're not saved is now. Amen. The judgment of Christ is coming soon. The day of the Lord is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Like a thief in the night before that comes the rapture of the church where millions of people, millions of true Christians will be gone from this earth and you want to be, amen, in that number. If you're not part of that number, you want to be saved and get right with God because Jesus is coming. Judgment's coming to this earth, my friend. Hallelujah. And you got to be ready to meet the Lord. The Bible is 100% true to the exact detail. Don't doubt it. Don't believe the lies of Satan, but repent of your sins. Believe that Christ died for your sins and rose again from the dead. Believe all the biblical prophecies that have come to pass. There's more to come to pass, as I just mentioned the rapture, the day of the Lord, amen, the judgment of God, the Antichrist, all those things are coming to pass, amen. You can see it, amen, slowly coming to pass, amen, actually rapidly coming to pass, and that's why you need to be ready. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved. You need to be saved. The Bible is 100% true. You've been believing a lie that the Bible is not true. You've been promoting that lie. You've been endorsing that lie. You call yourself a preacher or a scholar. You're deceived. You've been deceived by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You've been rejecting the evidence. I'm only going, I'm only touching the surface, my friend. Hallelujah. About the evidence of Holy Scripture. I'm only touching the surface. Amen. God has provided all these pieces of evidence. So that you don't have to go to hell. So you can believe the truth and be saved. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to repent of your sins and come to him by faith. The Bible is 100% true. It's not the work of man. While men did write it, it's fallacious to say that it came from them. It came from God. And it came from holy men of God who knew the Lord, who were saved, who were right with God. Amen. And who heard his voice and wrote down his word. 
You need to be saved. And listen to the word of God if you're not ready. Because hell will be your home if you're not saved. But you can be saved. Praise God. God loves you. Christ died for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, hallelujah, should not perish in hell but have everlasting life. You can be saved. Doesn't matter if you're homosexual, transgender, lying, stealer, lying, a thief, a, a, a adulterer, a fornicator, whatever it is. Amen. Whatever false religion you're from, Islam, uh, Buddhism, whatever it is, man, whatever it is, you can be saved from all your sins. You've got to repent of them, though. Islam would say that Christ didn't die on the cross. The evidence of the, of the Christ's resurrection to show that he was crucified on the cross. The evidence of his piercing his side shows the evidence that he actually died on the cross. The evidence of his resurrection to show that he did not resurrect spiritually, amen, and that God destroyed his body like the Jehovah's Witnesses want to falsely and erroneously believe. He rose up physically, bodily from the dead for a spirit have not flesh and bones as you see me have. That's why you got to repent of your false religion, amen, the saying that Jesus is not the son of God in Islam with a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It will damn your soul. But he's just a great spiritual leader, a teacher in Buddhism and in Hinduism and other religions, you know, the Baha'i faith or whatever, it's a lie. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Messiah, the only way to heaven, the only escape from hell. For if the Bible clearly says, Amen, neither is a salvation in any other. For there's none other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let me say that again. The Bible says, for neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You can be saved. Repent of your sins and come to Christ today. Prayer itself can't save you, but if you prayed this prayer unto God and genuinely mean it, the Lord will save you. He'll forgive you of all your sins and give you everlasting life. Just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again from the dead according to the Holy Scriptures. Lord, I know your word is true by the evidence. Hallelujah. Oh, God, how the evidence of Bible prophecy, of the evidence of your resurrection. And, Lord, I know your word is true. And, of course, all those other pieces of evidence of history and archaeology. But most importantly, Lord, your, your word coming to pass. And most importantly, oh, God, the resurrection of oh God of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to doubt your word. I can believe it and know that it's 100% true by the evidence. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And be my Lord and my Savior, both now and forever. And I surrender my life into your hands. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I will live for you, I will serve you, and I will walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. If you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, Lord, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We'd like to send you to our website, amen, so that you can read our booklet that will help you in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ called What It Means to Be Born Again Absolutely Free. Just go on our website to our Salvation tab. You'll see it there. Amen. I mean, you scroll down. What It Means to Be Born Again Absolutely Free for new Christians. You can read it on our website and be blessed and download it and be encouraged and give to others if you like. Amen. You can also give to this ministry. No gift is too small. No gift is too large for the work of the Lord. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Amen. Jesus, I need